Hello and welcome to Developing the Leader Within Podcast, an award-winning podcast where I interview the top players in the leadership arena and we dissect leadership, management, and career development from all angles. My name is Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez and I use my more than 20 years of experience in leadership development to dig deep into complex issues and bring you the answers you were looking for. If a topic resonates with you and you would like to explore how to overcome it, reach out to me at calendly.com backslash triad leadership solutions to discuss ways to succeed. Welcome back to another episode. We are speaking with Joya Cousin. Joya is a former corporate executive who built an award-winning career first in public accounting and then as a CFO and CEO in the hospitality and telecommunications sectors. She now helps you tell your story and unveil your authentic legacy through distinctive fine art portrait paintings that will last for generations. Joya, welcome to the show. Enrique, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I think this is over a year in the making now. It's so it's finally happening. Happening. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining and waiting that year because I do know that I I plan a year ahead. But I'm so happy to have you today as we discuss, uh, folks, this part of leadership that hardly ever gets talked about, and it is using the artistic side of leadership. And I'm so happy to have Joya with me to discuss this. But before we get in it, tell us a little bit about you. Well, um, well, my name is Joya Cousin. Um, I was born in the Caribbean in a tiny island nation called Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, kudos to those of you who have actually heard of it or even visited. Um, and I kind of, I did a degree in computer science and accounting and then got into auditing and consulting and then eventually became a CFO in the hospitality industry and then eventually transitioned to top leadership becoming a CEO in telecommunications, which can be quite a competitive environment. I always loved my work, um, but a few years ago, I was um, introduced to, we actually had a, a blind date, a visiting Frenchman, and we sort of hit it off immediately. We fell in love on the first night, and he has now become my husband, and so now I live in France. What a true love story. If talk about <laughs> France and Paris and and all the 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 amour, right? That comes out of that. Uh, but what a wonderful story. Now, you know, you was an executive leadership, CFO, CEO. So you went through the gamut of leadership positions. Uh, you were very successful, award-winning. I saw a couple of the newspaper. Uh, publications and things like that. So happy for you and, and proud of you. But here we are, you're in a studio, you got paintings behind you. Doesn't <laughs> look like any CFO work to me. So there was something that happened. Uh, so tell me, how did you find art? Well, <clears throat> to tell the truth, I've always loved art. I think like most children, you know, we grow up using our crayons and doodling. And after a certain point in time, we kind of stopped that. And for me, that ended about age 10. I remember in my binder, I had a drawing of a woman very similar to this one, in fact. And somebody said, well, can you get one for, can you do one for me? And that's the last drawing I remember doing before age 18. 
So at age 18, we didn't have an art program in my school. It was a Catholic high school and they were transitioning from you know, having the, the nuns to lay people. And so we didn't have an art program and I just never got into it. I didn't do anything at all. But once I started A-levels, um, which is kind of like an intermediate step before university, there was an art program. And in my second year there, I decided to drop chemistry. I was in a science stream. So I was taking biology, physics, math. And um, so I dropped chemistry and I took up art. And it was only, it was like right before the exam deadline to sign up, which was kind of crazy to say, okay, you have to do a two-year portfolio in a matter of a couple of months and then do an exam piece. But I said, you know what, this is a great opportunity to express a different side of myself that maybe I haven't for the last few years. And so I went into it and worked extremely hard. And I think I did a good job, but <laughs> I got a C at the end of it. And apparently the judges weren't impressed <laughs> with my portfolio. And so that was the end of me and art at age 18. So it only lasted a few months and I didn't pick up a paintbrush again until forward to 2017. I'm living in France with my husband and learning French because I don't know the language. So I didn't even attempt to sort of find employment or anything like that. I loved my work and I didn't even sort of consider going into an organization and going in sort of at the lower management or even who knows if I would even have been able to qualify at that level. So I'm at home doing the housewife thing and I saw somebody doing sort of a hundred day art project on Instagram. And I thought, okay, how fun, 15 minutes to half an hour a day and I can start creating art for the first time in over 20 years. And so that's what I started doing. But only a few weeks into that, I sketched a portrait. And honestly, I describe it as the, the world sort of shifting on its axis a little bit. Something just snapped inside of me and I felt a real connection to what I had done. And I continued the project a little bit until I did another person, another face. And it happened again. And I thought, my goodness, you're onto something here. And so... <laughs> I told my husband and he's like, yeah, I think you're talented. And so we went and got some student grade acrylics and I started. And since then I haven't looked back. It, I, I went, I sort of hung out my shingle in 2019, started taking on clients and I've never had this level of satisfaction in work in my life. And I'm a person who sort of a self-described workaholic and I've always loved my job, but this one, the satisfaction just goes so much deeper for me. You know, you bring up a, a great uh, topic, the difference between work and passion, you know, that you could, you know, and you were successful. You, you, you rose to the top of the executive level. That is not easy, but you did it. So you were successful, but that's not your happy place. And, and it's funny how a lot of professionals out there, a lot of leaders are executing in excellence in their current position without it being a passion work. And so imagine, and I can see by the paintings behind you, what a person can do if they go down the passion road. And uh, I'm so happy that you went back to it and gave it a chance, right? You know, all, all the people say, oh, well, social media, this and social media, that. Social media provided a door 
for you to say, hmm, let me go down this thing and see what it is. It sounds like fun, which end up being opening the portal of of what you love to do and are happy doing. If there's anything that I tell people as in leadership, do your passion work. That's where you'll find that you can do it for free, although don't do it for free, folks. Don't, <laughs> don't do it for free. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, you also mentioned something that kind of keyed me into a conversation I had not too long ago. Um, when you were 10, you saw this, you, you say, oh, you know, I got something here. And you put it away. At 18, you're, you're faced with uh, basically uh, something like I face, you know, a grading, right? And as adults, as, as, as leaders, sometimes we grade people that have the full potential of being something great at a lower caliber than they, they actually are. Um, I don't know why, don't know the reasons, you know, why you got a C compared to what you should have gotten, but they obviously overlooked your full potential. So what are some of the parallels that you see between art and leadership and how could those match or be explored? Okay, I think there are, the parallels are actually infinite. The reason I always loved my work and the reason I always excelled is because I put passion into my work. You know, I think it was Steve Jobs. Was it Steve Jobs? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering who said it, but somebody basically said, if you can't find the work you love, love the work that you have. And it's possible. And this is where the artistic, the art, art the creativity comes in to our work because a work is an expression of ourselves. And so I'm painting now and I'm expressing myself more fully creatively. But while I was an auditor, for example, or a CEO or a CFO, I was bringing that creativity to the table with me every day and expressing myself as fully as I could within those narrow constraints. And so it's amazing. People look at me and like, you're an artist, but you used to work for big four accounting eight years. <laughs> doesn't seem to make sense. Like, how do you do that? Because I brought that creativity in. Not creativity in the numbers, but creativity into the delivery, looking for purpose. Why am I doing this? How is this important? How can I make this better? And I think in doing that, we express ourselves more de deeply. And this is why I think there's an artist in every single one of us. We all have a deep desire to be creative, some more than others. And I actually believe that some of us that suffer the most in life and are the most sensible, sensitive are the ones who aren't exploring their creative side enough. The ones that are facing sort of depression, and this is just a theory, I think there's something missing. There's something that you need to delve into a little bit, express yourself a little bit more, feel more alive, and start finding a way to do that more often. So in terms of the parallels between art and leadership, I mean, there's so many, as I said. Um, obviously, there's so many different types of art. There's abstract art. There's so many different materials. You can paint in watercolors. You can do sculpture. You can paint in acrylics or oils. I've just switched oils and I'm loving them. And so you have different raw materials, just like you have different industries. But at the end of the day, you're leading people. People are your raw material, so to speak. And of course, you're responsible for delivering certain numbers and you're responsible for shaping culture. 
the end of the day, the relationships that you have with people, the, your ability to inspire them and to get that performance going, to, to get that, transform that raw material into something. It may seem a little bit egotistical to say that you're transforming people into a masterpiece, but a business is a masterpiece. You know, um, one of the awards that you talked about was I got um, Corporate Leader of the Year in St. Lucia, and we also won Business of the Year. So, and they, they go hand in hand. If you're a fantastic leader, the business is going to do well. And if the business is doing well, hopefully your people are happy and fulfilled as well in everything that they're doing. And so I, I remember looking back at, I have a Goodreads profile which I created, I guess, in 2011, and I changed it recently, but it had said, people are my passion. And that hasn't changed, but I'm no longer leading them, I'm painting them. And with every face I paint, I look for the strengths, I look for the connection, I connect with that person. I ask myself, what is this person's story? How can I bring out their best attributes? How can I help them to tell their story? And as a leader, that's what I think people should be looking to do, helping to pe helping their staff, their, their teams to tell their own story, to manifest their own destiny, to realize their own potential in a way. I think that is the, the primary job of leaders and that's why it is creative work. I love that, you know, you're talking and I'm thinking of, of, of what a leader could say in terms to paralleling it to art. And I, I thought, if you want to see my artistry, look at the portrait of my people. That's how people can really tell if you are a artist in leadership, they look at the portraits of your people. You know, some will say, what a masterpiece, you know, put that in a museum. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, and some other will say, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> like 57% of people who voted for Elon Musk to step down. He is a visionary. I've read widely on his story. I've read his mom's biography as well. He is an extraordinary in individual. I do subscribe a bit to the great man theory, and I think he is one of the great men. But as a leader, he has a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> a lot to be desired, especially in the context of, say, Twitter, where people are sensitive, there's a transition, and, you know, you're kind of going in and running rough, roughshod over everyone. So I think in this case, the fact that he's decided to step down is a testament to the fact that he hasn't yet painted that stellar portrait of his people. But I do hope that it will turn into a success story eventually. Well, if there's any positive in that whole scenario is that he actually had the the, the courage to put something out to get guidance. H hardly ever you get a CEO, <laughs> right? Come down all the way to the user uh, and say, hey, do you feel I'm doing a good job? If you don't, I'm out, right? That, that exactly. hardly ever happens. So kudos <laughs> to him, at least in that regard. Uh, Absolutely. To, be able to uh, you know, garner the actual commentary of the people and, and do yeah. something about it. So leaders have an opportunity to develop themselves on a daily basis. And, and you have those through, you know, days and weeks and years. So what can a leader do to find their artistic side? Because not everybody has a full developed artistic side, but like you just mentioned, everybody is an artist in their own right. 
Okay, I would say number one would be practice, practice, practice. <laughs> and number two would be self-critique. Okay, so none of us, you know, sort of are born good leaders or even the ones who are born with stellar leadership skills won't be perfect in every area. So we should never see ourselves as, you know, a done deal. We should see ourselves as a work in progress. Think of the Mona Lisa, for example. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci was just never finished it. He just never gave it to his client. He worked on it continuously for 14 years. He's like, this is my shadow and I'm gonna spend the rest of my life working on this. It's never gonna be done. And so that's a really good parallel about the approach that we should take to ourselves as leaders. And of course, there's the self-critique. You know, I have people coming to me quite often, can you critique my art? And I say to them, I, and you know, I will point out the good things, but I say to them, you know what? I've never asked another artist for a critique. Okay, because I know very well that 20 odd years ago, critique was what stopped me in my tracks. It literally arrested my destiny. And I don't have any regrets about that, but we need to be so mindful of criticism coming from others. Now, obviously there's a loud voice saying, hey, you should pay attention to this. Obviously you listen, but we have to develop the art of self-critique. You know, some of the techniques that I use in painting portraits would be sort of like looking in a mirror, seeing it flipped, making sure the image is okay, making sure that the features line up correctly. There's so many little techniques that we learn as we go along in order to improve our painting. I have some powerful paintings with serious flaws. <laughs> now that I'm more experienced, I'm able to spot them better. It doesn't mean that I did junk before and I need to throw them away. It means that I'm a work in progress and I need to give myself permission to make errors because I'm working to the best of my ability and with passion but then learn to correct them along the way. I absolutely love that. That's a, you know, and that's a, a tool that leaders uh, are afraid of. They, they, they are critique is not easy, whether it's external or internal. Sometimes the internal critique is worse than the external ones, right? Uh, Cause we could actually uh, sidetrack ourselves, but in this uh, you know, that's just lovely. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Now, every leader has a, their role to play in how they execute leadership. You know, in terms of art, there are just so many colors, right? I, I used to remember when I when I was a kid, there were 16 crayons in a box, and that's what you had. And then all of a sudden, you got this hundred and something pack. <laughs> it was like the mega pack of crayons. And I was like, what? Those colors exist? And, and today it's innumerable, right? Uh, the amount of colors that are there, but leadership has colors as well. And so what can I do to make sure that uh, the leaders uh, are displaying all the colors that they can? I would say that, you know, humility is a big part of that. And that comes with exploring and learning you know, looking at examples, keeping current with what's going on, looking at good examples, as well as bad examples, finding mentors, reading books in your areas of interest, reading widely, I would say, keeping, keeping your finger on the pulse of the organization, talking to your people, listening to what they have to say, and being open for their criticism as well. I remember one time, at a management meeting, I kind of let every, gave everybody permission to, you know, go to town um, in terms of criticism. 
it hurt, okay? Because I am very sort of self-critical and I have a tough skin, but I had to sort of open my mind and we all have blind sides sometimes. There were some things I wasn't aware of, you know? And um, even now, I, about three years ago, I read the book Quiet by Susan Cain. I'm an extrovert by nature. I, you know, I tested red. I'm, you know, sort of A, type A personality, ENTJ, one of the 1% to 2%. Oh, you are too, fantastic. And so I, I can be really hard charging, you know, and I expect that my energy will be translated to other people. And if that doesn't happen, then maybe they have a bad attitude. But in reading that book, Quiet, I learned that in every person, there's that quiet side, there's that introvert. And introvert should not be a bad word. It's not a synonym for shy. It's not a synonym for having nothing to contribute. It's not a synonym for not wanting to participate. And so even so many years after I had left the corporate world, I was still learning about how I could have been better as a leader. And I think that is absolutely crucial. Always have that self-reflection, whether you do it through prayer, whether you do it through taking a walk, meditation. There's so many ways to do that ongoing self-reflection, asking for advice. But the core of that is the humility. You have that humility and you have, you can open so many doors to, as you said, express all the colors. It's like that secret sauce is that secret code to win the, the box of Crayola from, with the 128 instead of your, I had, mine was like eight, okay? The red disappeared first. <laughs> and I used to be like really jealous of the kids with the 64 with the, real, the little sharpener. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> but if you can be humble, if you can self-reflect, if you can ask for advice, you will rise to that level where you go on and you go on and you go on and you will have access to those colors and even new mediums, media as you as you go through your leadership journey. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just realized how how much envy was between the 8, 16, 34, because <laughs> I remember that. Like, what? They got a sharpener? Oh, my Lord. Um, and it, sometimes in leadership, that can happen as well. Uh, so it's funny to see that now. 2023 is on us. It's like a couple of uh, weeks from now, and we're going to be seeing uh, a lot of people make a lot of promises <laughs> and uh, and have a lot of goals uh, for this new coming year. Uh, but leaders need to be mindful of the goals they set for this year. So what is one thing that you wish leaders uh, would do different in 23 uh, going forward? You know, I would like to see leaders focus on growth. And when I say growth, growth comes from people. So I would like to see more people-centered leadership going into 2023. I think that we're at a time now where there's so much instability in the, in the world. There's a war going on in Europe. There's, we're sort of on the brink of some sort of economic crisis. We've just come through a very stressful time with COVID. Uh, you know, people are suffering. They're reeling. They're reeling. There's, you know, PTSD. We're suffering from that. And we all need to be a little more sensitive, but I think in periods like this, we have enormous potential because people are crying out to express themselves more, to get their teeth into something. I am so sort of tired of getting onto LinkedIn, for example, and you know, having so much negativity, like we're criticizing people just because it's the thing to do now. We're being offended because that's what's fun now, you know, and there's a place for all of that. And I applaud the people who have taken it on 
as their challenge to be the advocates and to wave that flag. And in a way, we are all advocates, but it shouldn't be the only thing that we talk about. We're looking for leaders to inspire us to do more and to be ourselves, to express more of ourselves, more of our giftings, more of our creativity, more of our energy. Nobody wants to feel like a number. I think that's what's happening right now. We're feeling like we're being judged as the masses, you know, and whenever you have that, there's revolution going on. I'm in France, so there's that French revolution as well. Okay, so we don't, nobody wants to feel like a number. Nobody wants to feel like just a cog in the wheel. Um, so I think it's really important that leaders focus on building up their people, inspiring their people to do more and to be more. And in that way, they will grow as well. They should focus on their own growth and they should, in, in doing so, the organization, the goals, that's what's going to, the turnaround is going to be there. You know, back to my St. Lucia experience, it was not just, a, a, somebody told me one time that, oh, you have the image of being too soft on your staff. I thought, wow, that's, I said to myself, that's really good news because I am like one of the most hard-ass people you can find, but I'm fair, <laughs> you know, I'm extremely driven. I have high standards for myself and I have very high standards for my people as well. But if that's what people are seeing on the outside, then okay, maybe I'm doing something right. Maybe there's a little bit of balance. Leaders need to care, you know, because we're human. We need that human connection. Once we have that human connection, there's the, there's the creativity, there's the development that's going to happen because there is so much of it. I think people are sort of bursting at the seams to create and to do more with their lives. We're sort of stagnating a little bit. We can do more and you'd be surprised how inspiring those people, leading, holding their hands, being a partner with them will translate into something really, really good in the end. So that's, that's my advice for 2023. <laughs> An outstanding advice. I tell you that uh, there's always room for compassion in leadership. And it really, uh, during this time, especially this time of year, we've seen so many uh, bad stories about people, um, you know, ending their life. Uh, it is stressful. We've been in a three year stint of stressful environment on top of everyday life. So yes, folks, if you're a leader, compassion, humility, all these things work to add to the palette that you have in your hand to, you know, draw and, and paint a masterpiece. Now, Joya, uh, if you want someone to reach out, if they want to reach out, contact you, they want to, you know, get a, a commission, a portrait from you or, or any work like that, how would they do that? Okay, so I'm I'm on social media literally everywhere. Joya Cousin, I have a website. I don't update it. LinkedIn is my home at the moment. So LinkedIn is the easiest place to find me. But if you Google Joya Cousin, you'll have my Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. <laughs> it's all there. And my website as well, joyacousin.com. Outstanding. Well, folks, we're going to have that as part of the show notes, the video. So you can't miss that address uh, uh find uh joya joya first of all thank you so much for holding on this whole entire year <laughs> to be with me it has been an extreme pleasure i've been looking forward to this because i myself have dabbled in the drawing cartooning painting uh life and so i've always appreciated the work and the talent that you have 
and the artist side um, really was amazed at seeing how much you had prospered and succeeded on the corporate side. So you, for me, have the entire palette uh, uh, in your hand. Folks, we are at the final episode of this year. Today's episode is sponsored by Triad Leadership Solutions and Superpass, which are powering our website and app. If you've enjoyed this episode and learned something interesting about the topic covered today, make sure to subscribe and let us know by leaving a comment right now. We're always looking for new ideas and guests that we can add to our show. So if you know someone or have a topic that you would like featured on the podcast or want to sponsor our show, we love to hear about it by emailing us at triadleadershipsolutions at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode where we dissect leadership from another angle. And as we like to end the show, success to you. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Blessings to all. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Triad Leadership Solutions and on Twitter at TLS underscore FL. Thanks again. I'll see you next week and success to you.